it's a, it's a real sad one. As we saw, we lost a lot of people in the offseason. Uh, you know, I just get real emotional about it. Three of the people we lost, the Wonder Twins, Rios, Fierro, and Vega. They're gone. They're gone. Bay Area, stand up and let's be heard. This is something that's been created by the people, for the people. No more This is everything and anything San Jose Earthquake related. This is Aftershock. Vamos San Jose. Welcome back to the Aftershock. It's been a long off season. I missed you guys. And or just me who's watching this on repeat and repeat so it can get up from zero views to five. It's been a very long off season for the Earthquakes. And if you don't really know what's happened or you've been seeing a lot and you're still kind of confused, be sure to check out videos like this either on Instagram or Twitter or even our YouTube page called The Aftershock, where I do a super quick recap of what's been happening. If you want to know about the Almeida drama or most of the off-season business up to about two or three weeks ago, go check them out. Now you may be noticing it's just me today, and you're going to have to kind of get used to that. Jacob, we can all go congratulate him, has actually been accepted to UCLA Law School, so he'll be pretty busy and not be able to make about 99 to 100% of the podcast. <sighs> Moving on to our first bit of news. It's a, it's a real sad one. As we saw, we lost a lot of people in the offseason. Uh, you know, I just get real emotional about it. Three of the people we lost, the Wonder Twins, Rios, Fierro, and Vega. They're gone. They're gone. We have finally shipped away a lot of the players who were not performing and a lot of the Almeida pickups. Now you really got to wonder. Do they really want them or do they not? Was it just signings just to make it look like, hey, we're signing people? Did Almeida really want them? The best news about it all is they're off the books. So in case most of you didn't know, Fiero was one of our highest played payers. And in case you couldn't tell, wasn't really performing too much. We ended up shipping off a ton of people and signing a ton of new signings. And it's really good to see Chris Leach get right into action and actually do something for a change. Now, I know a lot of people are looking at signings like Shakiri and Douglas Costa and they're wondering, where, why aren't we getting in one? Why aren't we getting that? That's fine. And we'll get into that later. But I actually really liked this offseason. There's a little bit of worry in here because there's been times in the past where we just kind of look like we're signing people. Fiero, Rios, Vega. And it looks like we're just signing them just to sign them. To be like, hey, look, guys, we're doing stuff too. This offseason has a bit of a different feel to it, though. Some of the biggest news from this offseason was some of the Almeida drama. I kind of got a feeling last season that he was pretty done with us as a team and didn't really want to be here anymore. And of course, there's rumors doing that. And I think he's someone that's really committed to the job. And I don't think he ever gave up. I think he was really giving 100%. But you can notice in some of the press conferences, he was even saying things like, I'm not getting backing. They're not helping me. I don't know what to do anymore. We're trying. Players don't want to be there. This, that, the other. Uh, not really what you want to hear from the rags to riches king. He ended up going on a talk show in Argentina where he then discussed that it's going to be a long season ahead and how they don't sign any players for him. Yikes. Again, not really what you want to hear from this type of coach. Some people were mad and up in arms saying, oh, you're giving up on us, this or that. I have a feeling a majority of the Earthquakes fans were in agreement with him and like, yeah, please, let's do something. We don't do anything. 
And I guess it worked because Chris Leach began firing shot after shot after shot. Maybe Fisher had something to do with it. Kind of hard to give him credit right now after what we've seen for the past couple seasons with him. But Chris Leach really just signing young players, signing older players. It really sparked something into this offseason. Now to talk about the transfers overall. I actually really liked them. Like earlier mentioned, it's a little scary based off some of our past preseasons and offseasons where we're just signing people just to sign people. But I, I have a very good feeling about these. Time to start with the big elephant in the room, though. Calvo. Now, a ton of people hated this. And this was one of our first bigger signings, or at least for this offseason. All the Chicago fans were sending messages like, hey, sorry, sorry this, sorry that. Everyone was calling him the Florian Youngworth of the Chicago Fire, and they didn't have a great defensive record. So that's not great to hear. Now, what do I personally think about it? I'm stoked. I actually think he's going to be a very good addition to us. And or this clip's going to be played throughout the season, and I'm going to be laughing at myself. He's been performing for Costa Rica in some pretty big games. He was the captain of the Fire. And again, I know they didn't have the greatest season. But I think a change of scenery can really help. And people have been begging for a new right back. And I personally think we need some new center backs. I think Beeson and Nathan and now Jackson Ewell are perfectly fine. I think they should be the starters, but we need some depth there. Now we have a guy who plays right back and center back. More depth to the squad at the very least. Has some experience. Been around the block in MLS. And that's the biggest thing with this signing and other signings that I really like. They are, they've been in MLS. Jan Greger, Goose. MLS, Montero, MLS. These guys have been around. It's not like the Liga Mekis guys where some of them have been hits like trophies. And then we've had the Carlos Firos and then Daniel Vegas of the world, right? So I think it's really good that we're trying to bring in experienced pros, but also keeping that young core really strong. This is where I kind of get a little concerned though. We keep signing these young players. I love it. I love, let's build. I think it's great. But when you're dropping off kids like Jacob Akinurich and Gilbert Fuentes, now, I don't know how good they actually are. I don't know if they're trouble in the locker room. I don't know. I'm not there. I don't actually see it. But when we've had these big signings, then we just drop them off, and now we're signing Nico Chikaris and all these other people, it just kind of seems like we're just signing them just to sign them. However, I think this could be very, very good because I know people are concerned. Oh, we're just signing kids. We're just signing kids. We're just signing kids. The Earthquakes had just recently announced they have now have a new team. Quakes too. Now, for most people that don't know, this will be in the MLS's next pro league. Now, this isn't a new league like the NASL, UPSL, or NAWSL or something, something SL, right? It's not a division of its own. Think of it like a European team reserve league. So it's still affiliated with the Earthquakes, but they're not playing in the second, third, fourth, none of those divisions. This is just for like the extra players or some of the youth academy, or if someone's injured and they're coming back and they need to get back into the pace of things. These are games that they're going to play throughout the season. They're going to kind of have their own separate little league. I think this is amazing, especially for signing on these young talents. And we have a pretty good academy system that we're not utilizing. Send some of those kids there. Let them build. Let them grow. And I think this really goes on to my next point and something that people have been really worrying about with the transfers. Why don't we get the Shakiris? Why don't we get these people? Why don't we get blah, blah, blah? We're not going to get them. I'm telling you now. We're not going to get them, and we don't need them. We don't need them at all. Yes, it would be cool to see Douglas Costa play for us. Yes, it would be cool for Ronaldo, Messi, Ben Foster, all these people to come over and come play for us. We're not going to get them for multiple reasons. One, we're the smallest market. Two, 
if you're going to go somewhere and you wanted to go West coast because New York and Miami just weren't for you, I don't know why you want to go to Miami. And you're like, Oh, you know, I'm more of a California person. When you have two LA teams right here, it's really hard that that you're going to choose San Jose over those. And again, smaller market. We're not going to shell out for that now on to, and honestly, the owners don't until this season, don't really look like they want to spend any money. Now to the big point I want to make. We don't need them. I think this is the best thing for us that we're not signing all these big names and we're going for these younger talents and we're making this reserve league team. What are the biggest names in MLS? There's about two or three every year that are consistent. Seattle Sounders. Sporting Kansas. Then you have some mixes in there. You get the LA team every once in a while. But everyone else, one year they could be the best team. One year they could be the worst team. Think about Seattle. Think about Sporting Kansas. A lot of American players on there. Yes, they have some foreign talent, but when are they really making these giant signings? Think about it. All their players are mostly homegrown or they're American talents that want to come over there. I think that's what the Earthquakes can do with our squad. California has a plethora of amazingly talented kids. And now if we're signing them to these homegrown contracts, what we need to do is we need to sell them. And not just sell them to be like, oh, we tried, we did this, did whatever, blah, blah, blah. That didn't work. A lot of European teams are realizing there's an untapped gold mine in the MLS. Brandon Aronson, Alfonso Davies, a lot of looks at Cade Cal now. A lot of these European teams are wanting to sign these MLS kids. Ricardo Pepe, a lot of these MLS kids that have been here for a season or two that are really showing and they go to Europe. I think that's the best thing for us. Yes, it really sucks because I want to keep Cade Cal. I want to keep these other players. Don't sell them right away. Let's build a squad. Let's win a couple chips. Then we go and sell them off. But we're not just selling them just to sell them. We're helping their career. And we can be that next team where every European team looks like, oh, San Jose's got another group of kids coming through. I don't know the exact numbers, but our U-17 youth national team for the men's youth national team for USA has, I think, six players coming from the San Jose Academy, which I believe is the most out of any MLS academy. That's great for the future. Put them in the MLS's next pro. Let them grow together for, if they're 16, 17 years old, three, four years together, growing and playing the reserves, sign them all to the first team. That chemistry, that building, that's going to build for teams for years. We have Benji, we have Haji, we have Cade, we have Tommy. We have all these young talents that we can grow. And I think that could be a really good thing for us. And then if all these other squads and kids are seeing, whoa, look at the Quakes, they're producing all this talent. A lot of young kids will want to come through our academy. A lot of people are going to want to play for our MLS's next pro team. A lot of people are going to want to play for our team because it, not only is it going to build and they'll be competitive in the MLS, if they think that's the best they can do and they just want to play on a good MLS team, they'll come play for us. But if they want a shot at Europe and they think they're a kid that can go play for the national team with Pulisic, McKinney, and Reyna, boom, come to the Quakes because that's where we build players and we grow. And I think that's the best possible outcome for us. Now, however... <laughs> That's with my head in the clouds, and that's the dream scenario, and that's really what we should be doing. Realistically, we'll see how that goes. I'm just concerned it becomes another money cash cow where it's like our academy, where we have a lot of resources, but you don't really hear a lot. Not many homegrown signings. I guess I know we have a couple, and you can think of them. But how many of them really have gone to done something? Or you just hear about them for a year or two, and then it's like, hey, what happened to that kid? Happens all the time. I don't want that happening. I want us to start building. I want us to start becoming a factory for these European teams. And I think that's the best thing that can happen for us. One last point on the earthquakes transfer news is with Calvo and some of these other signings, I see so many things. He's terrible. He's bad. Oh, he's great. We're going to win the league. 
Let's breathe. Let's all take an inhale. Let's all take an exhale. Let them play. A change of scenery can make someone very good or very bad. You don't know how they're going to respond. You don't know if they're just not feeling anymore. You don't know what's happening in their personal lives, especially with COVID and all this. You don't know how they're going to perform. You don't know if they're going to have a bad first half of the season, great second half. Give them time. We're fans. Let's support them. Last two people we hyped up, Rios and Fierro. They had some games that were helped us. They were, there was a season two where they, they were only two scoring for us. And there were other games where people like me were begging for them to come off. And we had players like Nathan and Chofis were like, why are we signing a center back? He's giant. What has he ever done? Why are we signing this fat little kid? Two of our best players last year. Same thing with Romady. Oh, he's washed. He's this. Now, a lot of people didn't like him. Most fouls won. I don't care if you don't think that's a good stat. It is. Gives us set piece, set piece opportunities. We are horrendous at set pieces, but it gives us opportunities. He won a lot of ball for us and did a lot of dirty work for us. Great addition. Please give these new signings time. And remember, we're fans. We cheer for our team. Now, a big concern is how should we line up? We've been seeing in these preseason games that we've had kind of a 3-5-2. I think there was one game where we went back to the 4-2-3-1, but it's mostly been a 3-5-2. Ah, man, it's it's tough. Um, to start with the preseason games, at least, I'm they scare me a little bit. Now, obviously, it's a preseason. We're not going in full balls blazing, balls of the wall. Like, we're not going to try our absolute hardest. But guys want to impress. They want to get into the lineup. They want to show Almeida, I'm here to play. And when I see some of these scores, and again, another season of closed preseason, so we don't actually get to watch any of the film. But when I see the score lines, and I see we're getting scored on, a lot. Obviously, we're trying new things, and we're probably playing a lot of the young kids who aren't going to be signed. It does scare me, though, when we're getting scored on by fourth division, fifth division teams, Sunday league teams, right? We should be absolutely washing them, no question about it. And then people will point, oh, but what about Sac Republic? We just beat them. We just beat them. Sac, Repu Sac Republic have never beat us. We beat them 5-0 last year, maybe 6-0. I think we beat them 3-0 this year. No, I don't really care about that score line. Oh, they scored more goals last season, less goals this season. So now we're going to miss. I don't believe that. We're trying a new system. We're trying new things. And I like that because as much as I love Almeida sticking with his guns and sticking with his guys, which I think is why he has so much respect in the locker room. Sometimes it was to a fault last season and the multiple seasons. We all can name some players that weren't having the best games, stayed in the lineup for seven times in a row because he had trust in them. Totally respect that. And I can see why the players love that. But at the end of the day, if he's not performing after two or three games, giving another guy a shot. And that's one thing I want to see this season with how we line up. If a guy's hot, play the hot hand. If you think he's been struggling a little bit, don't, don't send him to the doghouse right away. That'll shoot his confidence. I think Almeida does a great job of building up confidence for some of his, most of his players. Some of them are in the doghouse, but I think they still like him. But if a guy's not doing too well, give another guy a shot. And then if the guy that isn't doing too well, maybe make him a sub so he still knows, hey, you're still getting some runs. Let's try different things. I also want to get rid of this man marking system, the religious one where our right back is now a left winger and a striker because he's following. It, it led to too many goals. But to the main formation we should play. So far, it looks like we're playing a 3-5-2. I don't really have a problem with that. I think that really suits us. I think we have a lot of wingers that can get up and down the line. We have a lot of young, promising forwards that are really young, like I just said. Benji, Jeremy, Cade, Espinosa's there. You got trophies. You got all Haji. You have so many good talents that we could put there. More numbers. Awesome. Not as much in the midfield. I know we made some new midfield signings and hopefully we can build through the middle last year, 
but it looks like most of our attacks are counterattack and over the top ball, at least based off our last three years. But again, completely new team. Maybe they'll try and change things. The formation I want to see and the starting 11 I want to see isn't one. I, I, don't, I don't want a similar starting 11. I just don't think we're there right now. Maybe this new signing or the new signings and these offseason have really formed and we've created this new powerhouse. But I just don't think we're one of those powerhouses that can go out and play our game every time. Now, every team should have our game. Yes, our strengths are playing over the top, running at pace, high intensity, running gun soccer. That's what suits us. You're not going to be able to do that every game. It's just realistic. Sometimes we're going to see a lot of the ball and then we're not going to be able to counterattack. Sometimes we're not going to see any of the ball. So I think it's next man up mentality. I think we have some dogs in the locker room. Chudson, Ramady, just to name a few. Everyone knows that they are engines and they're willing to run. And I think we have a lot of other guys like that. I think that's what we need to do. Just have guys that are willing to run, get a simple game plan, and then willing to put their body on the line. And we need smart, intelligent players. Organize on defense. Be really smart. I'm not saying, oh, all we do is play defense, but it should be a defense-first mindset. Know how we're going to match up against these teams and know that we have some crazy young talent up top that if we can get some decent service into instead of just long ball and hope they can 1v3 everyone or get a lucky flick on and give them some good opportunities, know that we're going to accidentally score some goals. Best believe if we have Jeremy Abobasi, Benji Kikanovic, Cade Cal, Tommy Thompson, Shea Salinas, all these guys running at them, and you give them multiple options a game and not just 1v1 opportunities every single time or 1v4 opportunities, we're going to accidentally put some goals in, right? But if we're getting caught on counterattacks and then, oh, we're down two goals because we didn't organize well or our man marking left some other people open, and now we're just playing hero ball, it doesn't work. So I want that next man up mentality where it's you know your role, you're willing to fight for the squad, and you're willing to put in a shift for us. And I think that's what's going to be best for us. However, I'm just a college kid sitting in here and Almeida actually knows what he's doing. And I still have trust in him. We might lose the first game. New York are a good team. Again, remember, we are fans. Support our team. Let's build. Don't support them to a fault where every time it's, yeah, let's go. If Fisher's not doing well, Fisher out, right? They owe us that, but we also owe them respect because they're running and playing for us. All right, we're going to wrap up today's preseason show with fan questions remember if you ever have a fan question or you want to join just leave it down i have comments all the time well i wish there were comments all the time i leave posts all the time on instagram and twitter saying fan questions please respond to them or if you want a little bit of a live space go check out tectonic takes fabian Renkel. he always does twitter spaces where he lets people join all the time if you want to voice your opinion now let's move on to the fan questions our first fan question comes from Abel asking, who do I think the front four is going to be? Well, I definitely know who I want it to be, but what I think it's going to be, I think Jeremy Obobese is pretty much a lock as of right now, especially after scoring a hat trick in the final preseason game. I think he'll be the main striker, and the other striker is going to be, uh, looks like Espinosa, which I personally really like, because I think Espinosa's best attribute is when he's running one-on-one one -on -one against guys. And sometimes last season, he got isolated out on the wing. Now for the other two, I'm assuming because of the 3-5-2 formation, Abel is referring to the other wingers and asking what they're going to be like up top. Uh, I think Cade is on the left side. I think that's locked as of right now. You might see Marcos Lopez, Paul Marie, maybe Tommy Thompson. 
and maybe even Shea Salinas there. But I think Cade Cal, especially in a game where we want more attacking option, is going to be the main option. And then maybe if it's a more defensive game, Shea or Marcos go into that position. Right side's a real toss-up. You got Benji, who I think will be more of a striker, and I hope he's more of a striker. Might have Benji out there, Shea Salinas. Praying Tommy Thompson's the number one option, but doesn't seem like it right now. Cavillo might be out there. Sorry, Calvo might be out there. It's really going to be a toss-up, but I think Jeremy Obobese and probably Espinosa, the two centers, are the most likely to beat those. Our next question comes from Fabian Rankle asking, where does Marcus Lopez go when he's healthy, especially with Cade? Um, it's going to be hard seeing them on the pitch together, I think. I think they're both fighting for that left wing spot. Maybe Cade goes up top for a little bit. But I think, again, in a game where we're looking to attack more, I think we see Cade. In a game where we're looking to defend more, maybe Marcos. What I'm hoping isn't happening, and uh, I really hope it's not happening, is that we're not playing Marcos because he's on the final year of a contract. So we're bringing down his value so that we can re-sign him and other teams won't sign him for a big contract or he won't go to La Liga or Liga Mekis. And just so we can keep him, and then we'll play him again next season. I'm really hoping that's not going to happen because he's been great to us, and I want to see the best for him and all our players. Maybe we see him in center back, or maybe not center mid because of all the new signings, but maybe there as well. Ivan asks, do you think Tommy Thompson can get back to form and be the starting right back? I actually don't think he's out of form. I think he just got injured last season. Now, he's not a like, born right back. He was a forward and a midfielder growing up. And I think he's one of our best attacking options. And I think that's why Espinosa struggled so much last season. Because he didn't have Tommy Thompson doing the overlapping runs creating space for him. I think Tommy Thompson's actually our number one option for the right wing spot. Our next question comes from an Ask Aftershock fan favorite and regular. Dollar underscore Bill 17 asking, will Cade be more of a regular this year? I think so. I, I think it'll be like last year. Really start to see him for the first half of the season. And then it's up to him whether he's going to play more. So far, it seems like he's a lock for that left wing back position. Maybe we see him as striker. And maybe if we move to a 4-2-3-1 again, we'll probably see him out on that left wing. But as of now, I think he is a lock for that position. And as long as he doesn't start to drop in form again, I think he, I don't see why he wouldn't be. Final question comes from the number one co-host of a podcast and the worst rater of someone who gives ratings on a podcast. This comes from Jacob underscore Edwards 8. I miss you, Jacob. Jacob asks, who's going to be the breakout player this season? I think it's going to be a Bobasi. Barring that he doesn't get any more concussions or injuries, fingers crossed, I think he's really starting to build chemistry with the guys, and we can even see in his few minutes last year, he really could connect and create spaces for us like an actual striker. And I think with all these new midfield options, giving him more options versus just sending in long balls, he's going to do some serious damage. We've even seen it in the preseason games where he got a hat trick in the final game. That's been Aftershock. Thank you for joining us.